Did you know that? We have a website called ggfrederick.org. So if you, uh, if you are phone savvy, anybody phone savvy here? Nobody? I bet you are. Okay. I know you are. ggfrederick.org. And what's special about that is you can catch all the messages. There's great, there's uh, just great resources and ways to build your faith. Okay. Because really, I think why we're here is not only to have church, but to really engage your faith to help you grow in your faith, right? To connect with God uh, and to really uh, grow in the grace and knowledge, okay? So I don't want you to think like we're going to play church today in that sense, but I really want to see God just uh, meet us where we are, love us where we are, but also um, uh, grow us, amen? So, all right, all right, I think this is the pulpit here. So Father, bless these few words. Thank you for each one that came today. They took time because they love you and they are hungry to know you. Thank you for our new friends here, Lord, and each one that came, just really pour out a blessing on them in this time in your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I want to consider something here in Colossians together. Colossians. And I, I, Pastor Dennis, I believe he's going to share about receiving, <clears throat> what it means to be a receiver, but... I want to talk a little bit about that and also being filled with the Spirit. And uh, we're in such an interesting day today where there's so much information coming at us. Uh, but we really need to be filled with the Spirit, to be filled with God's mind, to be filled with right thinking, right? Because if we look at the world today without the filter of the Bible, without the filter of our faith, guess what? We can be very anxious, we can be very doubtful, we can even be um, discouraged maybe, but when we're filled with the Spirit, guess what happens? We actually have joy when there's no reason to have joy. We have peace when there's no reason by sight to have peace. We can love when maybe the person that we're uh, dealing with is not worth our love, right? So. My question to you today is, what are you filled with, right? What are you filled with? Uh, my, my son's favorite donut is called the Boston Cream Donut. Okay. How many know what a Boston Cream Donut is? Good choice. <laughs> Grace, you're not supposed to be eating Boston Cream Donuts. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, confessing our sins right here in the church. <laughs> So what's a Boston cream donut filled with? It's filled with what? Sugar. Okay, sugar. Cream, right? I don't know if it's a Bavarian cream or whatever type of cream, but it just makes the donut, right? So as a believer, when we are filled with the Spirit, really, uh, it makes a huge difference in our life. It really makes... It's day and night. It is the difference between victory or failure. It's the difference between anxiety or peace. Uh, really, it's so much more. Uh, and look at this in Colossians chapter 3. I want to show you a couple verses here. So how, how is it that we are filled with the Spirit? Well, just like we're hungry, we eat food, right? Right, we eat food. And that food transfers into energy. And... Um, 
It's the same thing with the Bible. In Jeremiah chapter 15, there's an interesting verse that says in verse 16 that when we eat the word of God, it's kind of a funny statement, but when we eat the word of God, it, it becomes the joy and rejoicing and strength of our heart. So today, as you hear the message and you're listening and agreeing by faith to the word of God, guess what? You are eating or receiving or being filled with the word of God, okay? And it produces an action of joy and rejoicing, right? That's what, that's what happens. When you, like we were worshiping today, it's like, okay, Lord, by faith, I am singing this song because it's true. And God says, I'm gonna fill you, strengthen you uh, with these words, okay? So just like you have a glass of, just an empty glass, guess what? It's, it's just, it's worth nothing, really, unless there's content in it, right? Content. You pour water in the glass, and it becomes, it becomes something that nourishes our soul, right? A lot of people might be, uh, might have a knowledge of the Bible, but being filled with the Spirit gives us power to understand and live the Bible. And I don't know about you, but like never before, uh, we want to be those Christians that uh, are not only, not in word only, but in action. And that's why you're here today, right? That's why you're here, because it's obvious you are hungry for God. It's amazing. Okay, let's read these verses. Colossians chapter 3, um, verse 14, it says, But above all things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Okay, these are all actions, right? How do we become thankful? How do we put on love? How do we, uh, how, how do we see the peace ruling in our hearts? Well, we first receive it, right? We receive it by faith. We receive the Spirit, and we're filled with the Spirit. You ever hear a joke and you're just filled with laughter? Anybody? I, I can't tell jokes very well. It's, it's crazy. I can memorize verses, but I can't remember a joke. Isn't that weird? I, I don't know if that's just the way my, my brain is. Uh, but when we hear something, it fills us with laughter, right? It's the same principle. When we hear the Word of God and we're filled with who God is, guess what? We are filled and, and live in the ministry of these things. Love, peace, and of course, thankfulness. But look what he says here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Okay? Let the word dwell in you. Because sometimes uh, we can read something by accident, and it can be just a thought. But that's not having the word dwell in our hearts richly. When, it, when something is dwelling in us, it means we're spending time with it. It means we're thinking about it. It means we're talking about it. Maybe we are uh, studying it. We are we're thinking and letting it become part of us. And this is what we're doing today. And this is why as we grow as a church, that the word of God is the center of our faith. Why? Because that is where the greatest authority is. Right? People may have authority around us, but the ultimate authority is what? It's the Bible, isn't it? Be filled 
with the Holy Spirit in Luke 1 15. Be filled with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5 17, right? Because we can be filled with a lot of things, right? Just think of that Boston cream donut. I'm sorry, that's such a crazy <laughs> illustration. That's the only illustration coming to me right now. Imagine eating a Boston cream donut and there's no filling inside. That would be disappointing, right? <laughs> Watch, we're all going to go buy Dunkin' Donuts on the way home here. Uh, it's the same thing as a Christian. When, when we're not receiving, then there's nothing inside to give. But think about this. When we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, he fills us, strengthens us, and encourages us. And I just love this. Let the word, like let it. Let it, like let it in. Just like you all walked in these doors, we let you in, right? It's the same thing with the word. Let the word dwell in you. Let it be something that becomes something very important. You know, Job said this, I have esteemed the Bible. I have esteemed the word above every necessity in my life. Imagine that. What a way to live. What a way to live. Because the word is what's going to stand, right? And then notice notice the action here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace. Right, Bobby did some singing today, right? All of us did some singing. We did it with grace, right? In our hearts to the Lord. I love that. All right, let me just close this one verse in Jeremiah 15. Look at this. This is good. What are we filled with? Well, when we don't When we don't receive the word, other things fill us, right? Worry, fear, maybe anger, maybe uh, things that that just cause us pain. But when we're filled with the right things, guess what? There's no room for the wrong things. Isn't that good? So today you're going to hear a word that's going to give you power and strength for your personal life and your walk of faith. All right, 1516, notice this. Your words were found, and I ate them, okay? Very very interesting selection of words there. I received them. I let them go in me. I let them be my concentration. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. So just as we think about this, as we prepare to hear the main message tonight, today, you know, we are excited about what God's doing in Frederick. We are excited to think about what God is doing in your life and in our lives. Uh, Praying with Pastor Dennis and thinking about the team. And we are excited to see God growing Bible Christians in Frederick. Because you know what? If we're filled with the Bible and filled with the Spirit... Guess what? We're going to see God do great things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Families like this amazing family over here, Donna and Duke and their family. Think of Haluk and his family. And all Grace, you know, all the, all the families represented here. Our new friends here. Um, I've lost the name. Sa- Sami? Sami, yeah, it's so good. And his wife, Ronnie. Ronnie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that name. These new friends were filled People fill our hearts. The word fills our heart. And we have a mission. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you today. Thank you for the truth of the Bible. 
And Lord, we want the word to fill us up so that we have a song, we have praise, we have a mission, we have faith, we have all these things that you give us as a free gift, Lord. Thank you today. Really bless our ears as we hear Pastor Dennis today and encourage us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. guys probably know this song. It's called Above All. It's my favorite worship song. Um, this, why, do I, why do I love it? It goes through the things. It's God is above all powers. Above all this and that. He's above all. He's above all wisdom. He's above all all the ways of man. He's above all. It goes through the list. He's almighty. There's no way to measure his worth. And then it goes down to the chorus. This God who's above all was crucified. He he was the one. He comes down to that. And then the chorus ends. He thought of you above all. So he thought of you above himself. The God who is above all thought of you above all. Which means he thought of you above himself. You think of Philippians 2. He esteemed esteem others, count count others more significant than yourselves. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ. Because Christ esteemed you more significant than himself. He thought of you above all. And that's what I think the song is about. Feel free to sing too if you want. Of all powers, of all kings, above all nature and all Oh, mm-hmm. 
sound better than Michael W. Smith, actually. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Hey, it's good to be here, isn't it? Yes. Let's open our Bibles to a couple passages. We're going to start in Zechariah chapter 4, and then go to John chapter 1. On Thursday, we were in John 1, and I mean, I had a good time in John 1. I don't know what Donna thought. And Ryan and some other guys, but I mean, it, was a, it was a good word. And it's amazing when we come and we open the Bible and we don't try to interpret the Bible. Like, I mean, we, we do, right, in one sense, but we allow God to teach us. We don't come to the Bible with our ideas and use Bible verses to justify our thoughts. But we want to be available in humility. <laughs> it's a big word, humility. Yeah, my dad said he's so, it's so hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Yeah. Stephen said that he's always humble, but, you know, he can't stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah, but we have humility in our life, and then that allows God to come in and teach us. I mean, could you imagine, you know, being any one of these great men or women in the Bible? And you're like, yes, you know, hey, I'm Abraham. I'm the father of your faith, you know? And God comes in and corrects you. You know, or David, I'm a man after God's own heart. You know, and, and David's and God's like, yeah, 
here's some punishment for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, over and over again it happens. But Zechariah chapter 4. So Heavenly Father, we ask that you'll bless these words just as we, we open the Bible and we look to see what you have to say. Uh, speak to us. I pray that after the message that there are questions in our hearts because there should be questions when we hear the word of God. Lord, I pray that uh, we can answer those, that you'll answer those in our life. Pray that the Spirit of God comes in and touches our hearts and, and just speaks clearly to us. We just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. This is just after Zechariah has seen a vision, and you can read that vision in verses 1 through 4. And I love verse 5, it's after the vision, because Zechariah sees the vision, but then the angel says, you know, he said to me, do you not know what these are? Like, you know, he sees a vision from God, but Zechariah doesn't know what it is. And the angel says, don't you know what you're seeing right now? I mean, and this has nothing to do with the message, but I think it's beautiful that maybe in a place in our life, we can see something from God. And we know it's from him, but we have a hard time understanding what it really means. And you know what? If that is your problem in your life, that's okay. Because Zechariah, the prophet, had the same exact problem. But the angel says what it is. And he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He was the man who went back uh, to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, right? That's an amazing message and story there. Not by might, nor by power, but, my, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with great shouts of grace, grace to it. Isn't that a great verse? We'll dive into that here in a few minutes. Now let's turn to John chapter 1. I love that thought. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a plain, and he will find the capstone, and we will shout, Grace, grace. John chapter 1, starting in verse 14. It says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory and the glory of his only begotten of the father uh, begotten of the father full of grace and truth john bore witness of him and cried out saying this is he whom i said he who comes after me i prefer before me for he was before me and of his fullness verse 16 listen to this and of his fullness we have received grace for grace for the law came, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You know, here in John chapter 1, the word fullness is used in the English two different times. You know, once in verse 14, where it describes Jesus, what he is full of. <laughs> you know, kind of like what Pastor Jason was talking about donuts. Now, we're all healthy eaters here, so we have no idea what he's talking about. 
you know, uh, but here in, in, in John chapter 1, verse 14, it talks about what Jesus is full of. And I love this thought. It says that Jesus is full of grace and he is full of truth. Now, when I thought of this, I always understood that grace is pointing to the uh, everlasting love of God. That's understood, right? But what does truth point to? When I was reading and studying about this, I always, in my mind, I always thought that truth pointed to the righteousness of God. But if you are reading John chapter 1, the word righteousness isn't mentioned here. But what word is mentioned over and over again? We read it, we talked about it on Thursday nights. It points to the light of God. This is amazing because is God full of righteousness? Is God full of truth? Absolutely. Is God full of grace? Absolutely. But our idea of who God is will uh, hinder or um, it will either hinder our understanding of God or it will add to our understanding of God. So a lot of people, they can believe that God is full of, then you fill in the blank. You go out in the streets of Frederick today and you ask people about God and they're going to laugh. Because they understand that you are a believer and they believe in God, but not the way we do. I've heard that, I mean, that's been told to me so many times out here in the streets. Yeah, I believe in God, but not the way you do. Well, what do you mean? Let's talk about it. And they have this idea, and they put God together, and we could say, what is God full of? Well, in their minds, God is an angry God. God is a God full of rules. God is a God full of legalism. On the other hand, we have a God is a God full of grace. And here is an amazing balance that John brings into, saying that he is full. He is covered up with. He is fully covered by this idea, this revelation, that God is love and that God is light. That's what Westcott, one scholar, says. He says this, he says, Grace corresponds with the idea of the revelation of God as love, by whom is life, and truth with that of the revelation of God as light, by him who is himself light. So in that one statement, it is saying that God is full of, he is covered up with love, and he is covered up with lights. Now for a lot of people, that's not our idea of God. But now we jump down to verse six, 16, and again, the English word is being used, fullness. Let's read verse 16 one more time. It says, and of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. Okay, so here's the word fullness again. So if we look back in the surrounding verses, what is it talking about? It is talking again about grace and truth. So of Christ's fullness. Now this is interesting because this word for fullness is very different than the word that was used before. Before it was, it is full of. Kind of like Pastor Jason was saying, it is full of, it is, it is covered. You know, you, you, you get, you know, you get some, 
food and it is covered with something. You get you know, your salad and it is covered over the top. And you are looking for what is underneath. But what do you find? You keep finding more of the same thing. You know, some restaurants are really good at making their bowls in such a shape where it looks really full. But you dig a little deep and it's empty inside, right? You see those kind of, I hate it when I go to those kind of restaurants. You know, I get a nice salad and I'm like, I'm making a healthy choice. And it looks nice and big, so I'm going to be full. And then I start eating it and the, the bowl is like concaved on the, you know, on the inside. And my salad is so small. You know, but here it is, it is different. God is full of something. It is, he is completely covered with grace and with truth. But then this word here, fullness in verse 16, it means to be full or complete. I mean, and it has the idea that in itself, he is complete. Now, it is a different kind of word here because it describes that God or Jesus Christ is complete. You, you buy a car and you can add things to it. You, you buy, you know, a phone and you can get so many gigabytes of memory. You buy this and there's always upgrades. You buy a computer, there's an upgrade. You know, a friend of mine, we were talking with him yesterday, he bought a special con- computer and he upgraded it so he could start harvesting Bitcoin. And he's making $2 a day. <laughs> you know, and it's, he's, he's getting these upgrades and, he's, and it is adding to his life. But here's the thing about God. Here's the thing about Jesus Christ. There is nothing that can be added to him. There is nothing that we can add to him. This is like very interesting. As humans, we think that we are going to promote the kingdom of God. And in one sense, that is true because that is what we're called to do. We are called to share the gospel. We're called to bring in people into the body of Christ. We're called to help people. We're called to love people. But in one sense, God doesn't need it. God doesn't need our good works. God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need, you know, God doesn't need because in and of himself, he is complete. So in verse 16, it says, in his fullness, in his fullness, you know, here John's meaning is that as Christians, we receive from the divine completeness whatever each one of us requires for the perfection of our character. Okay? Now, I want to stop there for a second. So we receive of his fullness. His fullness, God's completeness, is what makes us complete. So we are receiving from God this fullness to complete us. Now, this scholar here says that it is for the perfection of our character. And I want to stop right there for a second. Because Christianity isn't a religion about making us better people. That is a byproduct. If we draw close to God, you know, maybe our character will be perfected someday. But that is not number one in our life. God's uh, number one in our life, and the reason why we are receiving God's completeness is so that way our soul can be complete. Right? It isn't for our character. Character speaks about our, 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 um, our moral status, okay? Like in this life, and I think each one of us has a different moral standard. And it could be approved upon, right? And some people are saying that Christianity is designed to improve my moral character, my moral standard, to make myself better, to make my family better, and to make my community better. 
But the thing about morals is that if we're not careful, we find ourselves constantly changing because the morals are constantly changing. So that is why I have a problem with this idea of the, that God's completeness is being completed inside of us to better perfect our character. Because it is more than that. It is to conform us into the image of God. I want to turn to another verse here. Genesis chapter 2. Sorry, chapter 3. We all know this verse, right? The, the, you know, the first sin, Adam and Eve. Verse 8, though, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Just stop right there. Don't read the rest of the verse. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. You know, this verse speaks volumes because if you study this verse, you find out that it was Adam and Eve's habit of hearing the sound of God walking in the cool of the day. It was a habit for Adam and Eve. It was normal for them to hear God. It was normal for them to commune with God. So now that they understood that they were naked, when they heard it, they were afraid to confront God. So what is needed in Adam and Eve's life here? You know, we could say the pleroma of God, right? We could say the fullness of God is needed. And we read that later in Colossians chapter 2, that we, are, that we are actually, it says the body of Christ is the fullness of God. Isn't that amazing? But it also says that one day, it says that we also receive the fullness of God in Colossians chapter 2. But what is needed in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8? It isn't the fact, they don't, what's needed in their life isn't that they need to change, that they need the fullness of God to complete their character. What is needed is for them to receive a new heart. So in verse 16, Roman, uh, uh, John chapter, I'm dropping everything. John chapter 1, verse 16, they receive. This is like an important word right here. It says, and of his fullness, we all have received. We all have received. We talked about this word on Thursday. This, this word means to take and make it my own. And in verse, John here, he is expounding. In verse 14, he says, we all beheld. Meaning the apostles, the disciples. There was a group of us that actually beheld Christ. We saw him with our eyes. But now he is talking to a different group of people, and he's saying that maybe you have not beheld Christ, but and there's something deeper in our walk with God. Instead of beholding him with our eyes, we are able to receive him in our hearts. So he is making a contrast here that now we go from one place in our walk with God into a deeper place with our walk with God, where now we are receiving we are doing the action of receiving something that God is giving us. Now this is amazing because earlier in, in this chapter, it says in verse... Um, yeah. I think it's verse... Yeah, I forgot the verse. Sorry, I'm not going to look for it because I'm going to get distracted. 
But it says that, early in the verse it says that, that he, he came unto his own, but his own did not receive him. Right? I think it's verse 11, now that I think about it. Verse 11, it says, his own did not receive him. So on one hand, we have a group that is receiving Christ. In John chapter 1, verse 16. And they are receiving the fullness of God. And on the other side, there's another group who he came to that would not receive him. They would not receive him. This is an amazing thing. Because how can we receive from God? How can we receive from the fullness of God? Because ultimately, as a believer, I believe it is our desire for First John, uh, John 1.16 to be our testimony, isn't it? We want to receive from God in a real way. In a real way. We don't want it to be religious. We don't want it to be hyper-spiritual. But we also don't want to drag God down to our earthly level. We want to, in a real, practical, spiritual way... Receive from the fullness of God. And how do we do that? This is amazing. I want to turn to some verses here that I was reading earlier. Let's turn to Yeah, what verse? I think it's Galatians. No, it's not. No, not Ephesians. Don't interrupt. Let's let's turn to Galatians chapter two, verse six. All right, I'm reading from the King James here, so it says. But of these who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were in maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person. For they who seem to be something in conference added nothing to me. So, I mean, it sounds a little interesting, but I want to focus on this part. Whatsoever they were, it makes no matter to me. God accepteth, accepts no man's person. Uh, can somebody read that in the ESV or New King James? Who has ESV or New King James? Yeah, you want to read that? Verse 6. 1-6. Uh, 2-6. Okay. Um, from those who seem to be influential, what they wear makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seem to be influential, I did nothing to me. Isn't that an interesting verse? So here we are. You know, I look at Ben. How do I regard Ben Skew? You know, this is it. Like, well, maybe because of the way he dresses, that because of that, he has influence in my life. Or maybe because of the way he worships, he has influence in my life. And because of that influence, how do I respond? Well, maybe I begin to have a personality rapport where I love him and I do anything for him because of the way he dresses and sings. Or maybe because of that, I'm also afraid of him. He's so amazing, I can't go near him. You know? I mean, in the body of Christ, we respond to each other very differently based on 
appearance, based on how we accept them. But it's amazing, that word accept is the same word as received in John chapter 1, verse 16. Meaning that God doesn't receive any man based on his person. So for us to be receivers of God, we first have to understand who I am in my person. And God says he doesn't respect me in my person. Now I say that carefully because we know God is love. We know that God cares for you. We know that God hears our prayers even in our weak uh, states that he is reaching out to us and he values us. David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? So and one day it says the angels are going to be reigning. I mean, we'll be reigning over the angels. I mean, so in one sense, we understand who man is, but we only understand that because of the cross. We don't understand it outside of the cross. See, a lot of us, and God says, outside of the cross, I can't understand you. I can't receive you. I can't accept you. You have no authority in the throne room of heaven. But as a child of God, what happens? We come boldly into the throne. I am a child of God. I have authority with God. See, so for us to understand and receive from God, we have to first understand who we are in our flesh. And the Bible talks a lot about who we are in the flesh. You know, that we are nothing. But what does that understanding do to us? It takes pride and nails it to the cross. So now we're able to receive who God is. See, a lot of Christianity thinks that they are something. We can get that way in our walk with God, right? Hey, look at what I did for you, God. I did this for this poor person. I did this. I did this, that. I did this. You know, we keep listing and pointing to all the things that we have done. And God says, don't you receive me even more? And God says, no, I don't. I receive you because of the cross. I receive you because of my blood. And thank you for doing those things. And it says that in Matthew, it says that some of these people will say that I cast out demons and I healed in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. Because they never received from Jesus Christ. See, pride can keep you from receiving from God. Thinking you are something in your spiritual makeup can keep you from receiving from God. And oftentimes in our brokenness, what do we do? We run to God. We say, God, I screwed up. God, my marriage is falling apart. My children are not following God. God, I lost my job. I can't pay my bills. Lord, I'm hungry. It's often in our need that we run to God with open arms and open hands and we say, God, I need to receive something from you. I need you to give me something. And then we're okay. And what happens? Our fist is closed with the things that we have provided for ourselves. So just thinking about that, that God wants us in a place where we don't regard ourselves in our own natural. The next verse is Philippians chapter 3. 
verse 12. I don't even, yeah. There's like, I realize there's no clock in here. <laughs> so if I'm going too long, I'm looking for people falling asleep, okay? If people start falling asleep, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, not as though as I have already attained, okay, that not I have already attained, that's the same word, received, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If they, I may apprehend, that's for which also I am apprehended of, Jesus Christ. So here Paul is saying in Philippians 2, he is saying that I am not already attained, I have not already received perfection, but it is something that I am pursuing. Or we could say it this way, that it is something that I am continually receiving. Because this is amazing. In John chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Of his fullness we have received. Okay, we are receiving something from God. But what are we receiving? Grace for grace. Um, Kenneth Weiss describes it this way. It's like being at the ocean. How many of you guys love the ocean? Yeah, I grew up like 20 minutes from the ocean. It was in Maine, so the ocean's always cold and lots of seaweed. But I love the ocean. And when you go to the ocean, what do you hear and what do you see? You see wave coming, which is replaced by what? Another wave, which is replaced by what? Another wave, which is replaced by what? Another wave. And it is continuous, isn't it? It doesn't stop. And Kenneth Weiss says that our life is in a position where we are in a place where we are receiving grace after grace after grace after grace, and it never stops in our life. And in in verse 14, it says the embodiment of that grace is the that Jesus Christ came down in human form, that God became flesh. That was the embodiment of receiving grace for grace for grace. It is that Jesus Christ is God in flesh. So we think about receiving from God. What do we think about? Oh, God, well, I need to be blessed. I need more money. I need a new car. I need this. I need that. And God says, I'm already showering you with wave after wave after wave of grace. But you are, in John 1.11, are not receiving the grace that I have given you. And Paul says, I have not quite attained. I have not yet received. But I'm not perfect. But I follow after this like I'm pursuing this. I'm it's interesting. I'm I'm pursuing God so I can be in a place where I'm receiving that I may apprehend. Like I want to apprehend God, right? Like I want I want to catch Him. I want to receive Him. But He says in something interesting, which also I am apprehended by God. It's almost the same word. It's Catalambeno. It means that now I am in a place where God has received me. So first, we have to be in a place where we understand our own humanity. We understand our own works, good or bad. But second, we have to be in a place where God is attaining us. 
where God is receiving us. And that word to receive, we said on Thursday, it means that God like grasps, God has the ability to grasp us and make us his own. Like that's what we're trying to do with God. Like we're trying to grasp God. But we miss, don't we? <laughs> we try to grasp God, but we miss. And God is saying, it's okay. Understand who you are in your flesh, but also understand that I am the one who's going to grasp you. I am the one who is going to grasp you. You know, and in our life, how do we receive from God? I mean, there's a lot of conversations and a lot of things we could talk about, um, but we need to have the basics, don't we? And I want to say, like, in my life, and I also want to say it for you, that you can be in a place where you are receiving from God. You know, and it is our prayer that in this fellowship, that it is a place where you can receive from God. And what do we want you to receive? Not our vision or our understanding of God, but we want you to receive who God is actually. And it's going to happen again. That's why we come on Sundays. That's why we come on Thursday. That's why we're always together. It's because it's waves of grace that is pounding us. It just comes and, you know, and it gets us. It's, it, you know, it has us. This is the kind of place where we are in today. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for how you are speaking to us. We thank you for the waves of grace, for the waves of truth, the waves of light. And we want you to reveal yourself to us. We just ask that you will speak to us through this message. Continue to speak to us. Uh, Bless our fellowship. And just give us a great rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen.